Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360. On February 14th, 2020, happy Valentine's Day. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce has been serving the city of Manhattan Beach for over 60 years, and they are dedicated to promoting a strong local economy by supporting the community, providing valuable business connections, and representing business with government. The chamber staff is focused on providing its membership with the tools and resources to help businesses grow and thrive within the community. Their goal is to continually support the individual efforts of business as they work to support the growth of the local economy. For more information on how the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce is working with member businesses and the city of Manhattan Beach to support that growth, visit the website at manhattanbeachchamber.com or call 310-545-5313. I'm your host. Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose. That's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. Joining us as co-host, the CEO and president of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Kelly Stroman. And of course, with us because of our great partnership with SouthBayByJackie.com, and executive producer of the South Bay Show, Jackie Valestra. Hey, Jackie, Kelly, how are you today? I am fantastic. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. (laughs) Happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) Hello and happy Friday and happy, happy Valentine's Day. You know, Kelly, it's going to be another big weekend. It's going to be another big weekend. You know why? It's Valentine's Day. It's President's Day. Is. Very good. Yes, that's it. That's it. It's uh, that we got Valentine's Day. We're on uh, bookending one part of the weekend, and we have uh, President's Day on Monday, bookending the other. So we've got a nice uh, long weekend. And uh, I would imagine a lot of people are probably, if not taking off, maybe leaving work early today. So it's another big weekend. Yeah, double header, right? Yeah, we got the long weekend, so people always kind of scoot out early and. It's Valentine's Day, so all those lovers are going to be, you know, out early getting ready and going out to dinner, right, or doing something. Mm. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. So um, we've got a big show today, very interested. I'm very interested in this, uh, hearing about this. But before we get to that, Kelly, um, tell us about all the chamber happenings, please. Well, we had our um, real estate forecast. Lunch and Learn this week. Remember Carol Glover and Dave Salzman we had on uh, a few weeks ago? And Mm. we had the Lunch and Learn Mm. on Wednesday. It was the largest Lunch and Learn in the history of the Chamber. Uh, They are quite popular. And I think the the topics were, you know, obviously of interest to a lot of people, very timely. Uh, It was at the Bellamar. We had over 50 seven people show up for this. It was amazing. Uh, and Carol and Dave shared a lot of information that we discussed you know, on, the, on the radio show a couple weeks ago on other things. And it was amazing. The questions 
um, you know, about whether or not you can add, you know, like a granny unit to your house and what it means down the road when you sell because of the new California law where, if, you know, if, if you have three units, you have to, if you tear down, you have to build three more units. You can't build one big unit. I mean, all those type of laws. Um, obviously, the Prop 13 split roll that's on the ballot in November was a huge conversation. Uh, just real estate trends in general as far as, you know, what um, millennials are doing, what, as they call it, the silver tsunami, um, you know, older people uh, choosing to keep their same tax base but moving what they're doing, and then, of course, the obvious, you know, political and election year and how that's affecting the market. But overall, the good news is, um, you know, they shared, again, that the market's very, very strong. And things are still moving, and values, of course, are holding their own. I know we kind of we do truly live in a bubble, and I think Manhattan Beach is that micro bubble uh, that seems to be very protected. Um, sometimes we have little dips here and there, but there's never anything massive. So, um, very, very interesting information uh, that you can find more on our website. You can go to the Salzman Team website and look at more. We are going to the chamber is going to be doing. Um, probably a series of neighborhood meetings coming up like in the next six months. And the neighborhood meeting is going to be a combination of bringing together some of the businesses in that neighborhood, um, hopefully some of the landlords and landowners in that neighborhood in the commercial districts, and the residents. So, for instance, if we were going to do it on the north end, yeah, we'd focus on inviting all those residents up there, the businesses and the landowners, and talking about how business is up there and how we can all um, improve, how we can help each other, and making sure that everybody kind of is on the page. Um, In those meetings, we're going to be discussing heavily Prop 13 because my phone rang off the hook this week. I got emails. Um, the, the Salzman team did. I know our attorneys that you know work that our members um, are getting tons of phone calls. People are truly panicking about you know the possibility of commercial property values being reassessed, retaxed, and it is going to put businesses out of business almost immediately. I had a phone call from a little business down on Manhattan Avenue in downtown. And she's like, Kelly, we've been working with our financial advisor, our accountant. We're doing projections because we're trying to be smart about this. We don't know if it's going to uh, be repealed or not, but we're, you know, we're looking forward to November and we're trying to plan. She's like, if, our, um, if that happens, because all, most landlords pass through that cost to the tenants, our rent is going to go from 6000 a month to well over $20,000 a month. Oh, my goodness. What? Because some of those properties in downtown Manhattan Beach and other places, not just downtown, um, you know, they've been passed to the family. They've never been reassessed. I mean, they're paying a very low tax. And, and, you know, that's the privilege they've had. If they're reassessed and they pass it on to their tenants, it's going to be massive changes. And it's not just a small, small business. It will affect mid-sized businesses. This will affect a lot of people. So, um, you know, I just encourage people to uh, keep an ear to the ground. Of course, we'll announce it here. Um, I don't have those dates yet, but we're working on it. And uh, it seems to be there's a lot of misinformation, too, out there, of course. There's a lot of fear. Um, you know, fear breeds kind of talk um, and uh, misinformation. So we're going to do our best to help out. Um, I'm sure the other chambers will too, but man, oh man, um, mm-hmm. is that I've, I haven't seen anything so 
hot, you know, hot topic in in a long time. So, um, we'll stay tuned for that. Wow. Um, that's, uh, and the other thing I've been I've been hearing about that is that the proposition that they're talking about it it's it's worded uh, strangely. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it like it's it's confusing. It's confusing from what I understand. Well, Usually most, you know, ballots or things on the ballot are, uh, honestly, you know, um, even for those of us who sit through a lot of meetings and, you know, are kind of schooled on these things, it's still confusing. It is, you know, the, the, the glitch is they're saying that a lot of the funding will go towards education in the state, which who doesn't want to support education? Um, but there's no accountability to, of how that will be done. And we, you know, there's, there's not going to be good schools if all the businesses go out of business. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we have to look at yeah, yeah. Um, 360. And I'm not saying we're for the chambers taking the position yet for against. We're actually talking about that next week in our board meeting, but um, people need to know, you know, information is power. And so mm-hmm. if you're properly informed, then obviously you have the right to vote and you can vote however you want, but get the right information. The even more confusing thing, I'm not sure if we've mentioned it or not, and forgive me if we have, but there's actually two Prop 13s circulating in the political state world right now. And the other Prop 13 is on, on the primary ballot coming up soon. And because when the state reaches 200 propositions, it starts recycling the number didn't know that um, until like, like yeah. a couple weeks ago. So there's a little Prop 13 that has to do with some other education stuff that is coming up in March. Um, not And fire, some of the funding goes to firefighters and what have you. Um, and maybe I can get more information and I'll talk more about that next week. Um, but uh, the big one, the big Prop 13, the original one back from the 70s, split roll, is in November. So we don't need to panic yet on that, but it is confusing because there's two Prop 13s um, out circulating right now. So there you go. Morning. Anyways, uh, let's not be, yeah, I don't mean to be uh, Debbie Downer. Uh, it's Valentine's Day. It's the day of, you know, <laughs> it's Valentine's Day. And, and candy and cookies and chocolates and fabulous wine and, you know, appreciating those um, that we love. And as I say, loving the unlovable. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> one more. My, my, my son is 23 today. You know, I'll have the best Valentine Day ever. Right. <laughs> He That's was right. born at 4.32 in the morning, um, and I, was, I took him to dinner last night at the new restaurant in downtown called Slay Italian Kitchen, and we had a little Valentine, you know, birthday dinner, and I, yeah, I told him um, a little bit about that day, and I said, you know, the best part, not only giving birth to my first child, was I got to watch his sunrise, because my hospital room faced east. And I mean, an ocean view would have been nice too. I was down in Newport Beach, but I was facing east, and, and I watched the sunrise. And so, um, you pretty much, you can't. It's hard to beat that Valentine present, you know. But um, there's lots of things going yeah. on for those of you who don't have a romantic date, um, or don't, you know, whatever. Want to be with that person? Maybe they're out of town. There's plenty of other Galentine functions. Um, this is a, you know, a newer thing, but Galentine OB's um, bar, sports bar and grill up on the north end is having a Galentine night, and they're serving up chocolate, chocolate martinis. They're having karaoke, seven, $7 chocolate martinis. I'm having a hard time saying that. Um, and flirtinis. Not sure what a flirtini is, but anything I think with the prefect, you know, teeny in it is 
kind of going to be flirtatious. So chocolate martinis, flirtinis, and karaoke from 9 p.m. on. It doesn't have an end time. I'm sure there is one. But anyways, and then, of course, our friends at Shade, all the restaurants are doing things. Westrip is having a party. But, um, you know, if you um, don't have that special person that you are with, you can. there's plenty of other things to do. Or you can stay at home and watch a good movie. So there you go. There you go. There you go. Hmm. That's my my that's that's my update for Valentine's Day. Um, I I do. You mentioned it. We do have a really cool show today. Um, I have you know, fellow Rotarians. Um, I'm in the Hat Beach Rotary. Very active group. Um, I got yesterday to uh, hand out scholastic dictionaries at St. Eugene's School in L.A. and the smiles on their faces. This is a it was a Rotary. Um, uh, event that we did and such polite young men um, receiving these, you know, dictionaries and shaking our hands. They all have their blazers on and, and uh, you know, spreading, kind of spreading some dictionary love yesterday. So um, it's kind of a Rotarian type of week for me too, with a lot of things going on. But um, our guests today are Rotarians and um, they're pretty amazing people. So there you go. There's your intro. One of- or there's your, there's your mm-hmm. segue, Jackie. There's my segue. There's my segue. Okay, well, let's get to it. Uh, Rotarians, one of our great local uh, service groups. Fantastic work. Anyway, this morning, our guests are Ken Deemer and Annie Hendrickson from, as Kelly just mentioned, the Rotary Club of Manhattan Beach. Now, Ken Deemer is dedicated to helping entrepreneurs achieve their vision as an executive coach, mentor, board member, and investor. He is the past president of the Manhattan Beach Rotary Club and founding partner and former chairman of Los Angeles Social Venture Partners, a group of individuals who contribute their time, money, and expertise to promote philanthropy in Los Angeles and to help nonprofits become more effective. The organization also produces the annual Social Innovation Fast Pitch, of which he was a co-creator. Ken was a co-founder and former chairman and president of the Tech Coast Angels, one of the largest and most active angel investor groups in the country. He serves on the boards of environmental charter schools and the Los Angeles Center of Photography. Ken holds a BS degree in physics and electrical engineering from MIT and an MBA from Carnegie Mellon University. Now, Annie Hendrickson has been a Manhattan Beach resident since 2014 and is the current community service director for the Rotary Club of Manhattan Beach. In her position, she facilitates many of the philanthropic community service outreach work in and around the South Bay and its immediate communities. She is also the event chair for the upcoming Poverty Simulation. Now, Prior to becoming a full-time mom to her two children, she worked in both financial services and consumer products industries. Now, the Manhattan Beach Rotary will present a poverty simulation on Saturday, March 14th, starting at 8.30 a.m. at the Joslin Community Center. And this morning, we're going to learn what attendees can expect. Annie, Ken, welcome to the program. We're so glad you could join us this morning. Thank you, Jackie. Great to be here. This is a very unique <laughs> title. I imagine we're going to get some uh, some <laughs> visitors, uh, additional visitors than we normally get because of this unique title. So, uh, Ken, Annie, who's going to take what is a poverty poverty simulation? Well, so I, I'll take a stab at it. Um, You know, you can really tell people about what it's like to live in poverty, but it's it's a little different when you get to experience it, which is why this is such a unique opportunity. Um, 
the simulation really is uh, where you live the life and in the shoes of those that live on very low income. And the participants will be living in poverty for a month. And, and the month in the simulation will be broken down into four 15-minute uh, increments representing a week each. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So there, there's, it's a guided simulation where you are doing the normal things that you do in life, but just with very low income. That's right. And, you know, the, the participants will be assigned a family, and um, it will tell the participants what their role is, whether you are a single mom of two and um, maybe you are uh, struggling with a chronic illness. Um, you will do everything that is real life. Well, you need transportation to get to work, to take your kids to school. You'll need um, food on the table. Um, you know, truly just um, experiencing what it's like to face those daily stresses um, that these individuals and real families face. So, I, so um, yes, Jackie? Yeah, I've never I've never heard of anything quite like this. Any is if so it's a reading, so you're going to have individuals uh on a stage, maybe not a big stage, but playing it's no, like it's, a table. It's not reading. a reading. Is it it's, no, it's, it's it's not a reading. This is an actually it's an enactment. I mean, you would you will come in and be assigned uh, you'll be given a dossier with uh, your your life situation you may be a single mother with a couple of kids you might have a job or not have one you might have just gotten out of prison you might be a renter or uh, uh and you have uh in each of these 15 minute segments you have to buy food you have to either go to your job uh or apply for one you have to apply for social services uh, every one of these things t- is only done with cash because people you know, at or near poverty generally don't have bank accounts, so they have to go to check cashing places. They have to stand in line. They have to take buses everywhere because they don't have a car. Uh, and uh, things happen along the way. Their kids get sick, so they miss a day at work, and uh, then they lose their job. And, um, you know, we here in Manhattan Beach think, you know, uh, education is probably – one of the biggest problems, uh, you know, and we're smart and we can figure this out. But by going through this, this, this simulation, you realize that the deck is stacked so much against you that after, you know, after 15 minutes, after this week, you, you've just accomplished a fraction of the things that you wanted to do. You come back to your house, you find that all of your belongings have been put on the porch in your house and you've been evicted. And now what are you going to do? So it's not so a set there's no of amount of that... reading or yeah no amount of reading or watching or listening to something can give you this sort of firsthand visceral experience of what it's like. So so it's not mm-hmm. so because mm-hmm. it's open to the public. So the people that attend they're they're going to be they're going to be active in this exercise. Yep. Or oh wow! I, you see, when I read the description, I thought it was going to be a reading, maybe a little more than a reading, where there were already people, rotary people set up and they're each going to play a role and everybody else was going to watch. So this this is an interactive uh, event for, yeah, for attendees. Oh, wow. Um, 
Kelly Joe, have you ever seen or done any uh, experienced anything like that? Because I I've never heard of this. I have not. No. Um, I, this, this... I, yeah, I think you know Annie and um, brought this to Rotary. Uh, Ken, if I correct, you have done this before somewhere else, um, or been yes. a part of it somewhere else. But you know, I mean, you know, obviously. Uh, Annie's done a great job throughout the year of bringing interesting, you know, um, service, you know, projects to Rotary. And, you know, we all know homelessness in Los Angeles County um, is, a, is a massive issue and massive concern, um, huge undertaking. Uh, you know, we all know that the, uh, the beach cities, um, are part of a tri-city agreement that Manhattan Beach, I, honestly, I think, you know, really has spearheaded uh, George Gabriel with the city of Manhattan Beach as the head of the Homeless Action Committee. Um, there's a lot of formal, you know, documents that have been made and guides and education. There's a lot of different people doing different things. But I think, and just because you live in poverty doesn't mean you're homeless either. But I think this was one thing, you know, that Annie was uh, found and brought to um, – the, the city really and to Rotary and we're just you know we're off, it's just one more mechanism um, to to learn you know what it might be like and what people who are maybe you know homeless who are on the verge whatever whatever the level is what it's like for them um, we have a lot of people who are signing up who are families like you know a, a parent or two going I want my kids to go through this so it is for um, I don't want to say any age, Annie? Did we say eight and over? What was the threshold, the lower threshold that we felt would be appropriate? That's right, seven or eight years old. Okay, so anybody, Jackie and Joe, seven, you know, eight years old. And of course, it depends on the maturity level. Um, can partake in this with obviously if they're that young, a parent. And uh, there's a lot of parents who are like, I want my family to do this, and um, you know, it's it's an experience that. No one's heard of in this area. I haven't met anybody else that goes, oh, yeah, other than Kim, who's done it. Um, so it's something different. And I think it will be able to shed some light and it will give people a little different understanding and stimulate perhaps even more conversation, which isn't a bad thing. Right, mm. right. So, Ken, what is it that you and the Rotary wish to get out of this in terms of uh, the experience for the participants what do you what do you want the participants to get out of this let, let me give you just a couple of the facts uh that i think you know when you when you hear these they just they just uh you know they just sound too astonishing but there's more, more than one in three californians are poor or near poor seven million people in california can't meet their basic needs you got almost two million people who are living in uh, children, almost two million people, children living in poverty, and so the the notion is, well, um, it's those people, uh, you know, they there's something in, in their life experience, they don't have a job, they're not educated, um, they're not, you know, they're lazy, uh, and and you realize that none of those things are true. I mean, most of these people do have jobs, many of them multiple jobs. Uh, and yet they're still not able to meet their basic needs. And so I think that what we want as, as an organization is to just raise awareness of not only how big a problem it is, but how difficult a problem it is. Because as I said earlier, we're, we all think that we could figure this out. We're gonna, this is a simulation. We're going to beat it. But in fact, once, you've, once mm -hmm. you realize how 
hard, how far the deck is stacked against you that it's so difficult. Once you kind of cross that line from, you know, being at, uh, you know, from sustainability to being in poverty, it's so, so difficult to get back out. And I think we want, we want people to appreciate that. Right. So, so you have, you have people sign it. Well, first off, how, how did, how do you go about marketing this event? I, I mean, Kelly sent me the information. I posted it on my website. But are you are you marketing to uh, strictly the Manhattan Beach community, the South Bay community? Are you going wider? H- how are you marketing people to get get people? And again, as I said, I didn't realize that the audience are going to be participants. And so, how do you market that? How do you get people in? Um. I'll jump into that, Nanny. Feel free to you know jump into in what you've done. But uh, like anything, it, you know, spreading the word is always a challenge. Um, like any new event in the South Bay, no matter what the event is, it's always yeah. explaining, you know, and getting the word out and helping people understand what the concept is. This is a very different concept. Um, it's very different. Uh, to Manhattan Beach is very different to the beach cities. And so right now it's because okay, by the way, we can, um, it maxes out at a hundred people because it's guided simulation. So only a hundred people um, can sign up for this. So it's not going to be like a thousand people, you know, um, somewhere. So um, we need a hundred people. It's obviously it's open to um, anybody who wants to register for it. They can do that on Eventbrite, and um, it, it doesn't matter if you're in Hermosa Beach or Redondo Beach. Um, we are, you know, pumping it out via you know, direct emails to key partners, people, the media like yourself. Annie sent a press release um, and information to um, the papers this week. Um, it's been on Eventbrite for a while. Um, we're sharing it at the chamber. Um, we have and will continue to share it. Um, you know, we're reaching out to. You've heard of different groups. You know that are have uh, residents have formed like MB Safe in in Manhattan Beach. We've reached out to them. Um, you know, we have churches that are on. You know that we're sharing their information with because it's, just like anything, I mean, we always say we're, you know technology is a blessing and a beast. We're also connected, but yet we're also disconnected because there's so much information out there. So it's, you know, it's not easy to answer your question, Jackie. It's, it's part of its education going, hey, this is something different. Here's what we're trying to do. Come be a part of it. And um, it only, Annie, it's, um, you want to talk about the registration fee and what's happening with that? Yeah, and I'll um, expand on that too, uh, Kelly. You know, you talked about how, Um, a lot of families are signing up as a family group. And I think um, that's something that um, we're seeing that families in Manhattan Beach would like, um, to be able to talk to your kids about poverty um, is very different than experiencing it, um, especially when we live such a comfortable life. So it is uh, being sent out to also the schools um, in Manhattan Beach and um, surrounding areas. Um, but with um, the registration, you know, we are charging a minimal fee, um, $15 for adults and $5 for students. And 100% of um, the cost and the fee will be uh, donated to a nonprofit that we have, um, that we have yet to designate. Oh, well, wow, that's so interesting. 
Yeah, and you know what? We talked about this. We, we're only charging the $15 just so people kind of commit to their reservation because we, de- we definitely need 100 people to experience the simulations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, all, you, you know, people sign up and then they don't show up and whatever, you know. Right. So um, the $15 is nominal, and like Annie said, it's going to go to um, a local, you know, <laughs> charity or initiative that the Rotary Club chooses. Um, obviously that will be, you know, related in some way, but, um, it's, you know, and the, yeah, it are just, it's just a matter of getting people, you know, to commit to it. So, but it's really about, you know, bridging the gap of understanding and like Annie said, hel- um, helping, giving our parents tools and giving a family a tool to talk about it. I bet, you know, the, the families that have registered so far, I bet their conversation at the dinner table at night is going to be really interesting. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Yeah. This is, you know, it, it's just, it's really cool. I mean, I don't know if, you know, if any of you have ever had a financial crisis in your life when um, maybe you mm-hmm. didn't fall, you know, into what technically is the poverty line, but when you can't make your bill for a month or two, or you're, you're looking at your rent payment and you can't, this is, you know, even, you know, it goes down below that, but Interesting enough, one of our Rotarians that works with um, middle school and high school interact clubs, um, which is through Rotary, I think it was him that asked, um, um, uh, I think it was at the high school, um, asked them, asked a group of kids to define what, you know, what level poverty is to them. What, what do they think? At what level does somebody enter into poverty? And uh, are you ready? The answer that they gave back, were like, well, I don't know, like, um, somebody who you know makes less than um, two hundred thousand dollars a year. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, two hundred. <laughs> and that was, you know, a comment that comments from you know high school. Um, they don't know. They have no idea what poverty is. And so this is, you know, uh, perceptions reality. You know, so um, this is just a mechanism. It's an educational mechanism to, you know, bring the community together and allow them to experience this. And I, I really think, um, you know, kudos to Amy um, and Ken for doing this because it is different. And, um, you know, a couple of people, have, you know, I, I've seen people raise their eyebrows like, oh, my gosh, wow. But then, you know, they ask a thousand questions too. So uh, I think it's a great right. thing. Uh, it never hurts to be a part. It never hurts to educate yourself. And it's no different than if you've ever worked at a soup kitchen or gone down to LA, you know, food bank and sorted, you know, food. Um, it, you understand the process. You understand the concept much better if you roll up your sleeves and become a part of it. Well, I'll tell you what. Right. Let's do this, Joe. Let's do. Let's do our station break, and when we come back, I want to tell you guys about something I recently experienced that touches on this, okay? Okay. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, okay, let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the South Bay Show. We do this every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and every Friday morning at 8 a.m. We are bringing you the best of the South Bay, the most innovative uh, uh, businesses and the most unique people and the best restaurants and the best craft beers. On Thursday, it's South Bay Spotlight, and that includes the entire South Bay from El Segundo uh, south to the hill, Palos Verdes, and out to Torrance and Gardena and Hawthorne and, and all in between. And then on Fridays, it's um, all those same elements, 
but with a special emphasis on Manhattan Beach, the city, and in particular, the members of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, because on Friday we're proudly sponsored by the Manhattan Beach Chamber. So please join us, and of course you can always um, listen to the show and podcast. Just say, Siri, play the South Bay show, or uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say the G word. Hello, G word, play the South Bay show. Oh, wait, my phone is not going to do that. Okay, hello, Google, play the, hey, Google, play the South Bay show, or Alexa, play the South Bay show. So please join us on a regular basis. Thank you. Okay, Jackie, what situation are right. we talking about? No, this is this is very interesting because I I had it was one of those moments where where something is in your face and you realize it firsthand. Uh, several months ago, uh, both my husband and I uh, came down with this respiratory uh, issue. Um, it was weird, you know, weird cough, weird breathing. It wasn't the flu. We didn't have fevers or aches, pains. You know, it wasn't regular colds. We, we we didn't know what it was, and. My husband got to, he ended up going to the emergency room in the middle of the night. And he was there for about six hours. They had him on some sort of respiratory thing. And, and a couple of days later, I was having the same issues. So instead of going to the emergency room, I went down to one of those uh, XCR, executive ER uh, shops that they have now. Um, and it, it was interesting. It, the doctors treated both of us as though it was an allergy. Um, uh, they gave us a temporary inhaler and and some uh, antihist, you know, antihistamines and stuff. Uh, but ba- basically, they treated it like an allergy. And it was funny when I went in, the doctor I saw said, uh, "You're about the." And I went in about eleven o'clock in the morning. He said, "You're the tenth person that's come in this morning with this." Um, so here's the kicker, though. My bill was about six hundred dollars. My husband's emergency room bill was over six thousand dollars and i i got this bill and i almost fell out of my chair and i thought you know we've all heard the statistics about how little percentage of people have any substantial savings you know i heard some statistic not that long ago that the average american has something like four hundred dollars in savings and of course we've all heard Mm. how one medical emergency or one medical situation can wipe out your savings um, and, and, right. and not only wipe out your savings, but be, le- be left with a huge bill. Um, and, and, and I had a real wake up call at that point. I thought, oh, my goodness, first off, we have insurance. Uh, they paid most of it. Right. N- not all of it. There's still a couple of, you know, I think it was two thousand dollars we have to pay. But I thought, how does a family do it? How do you. If you have a small amount of savings and you get a bill like this that you're going to be paying off for goodness knows how long, and you add that in with, you know, oh, we got to get new tires for the car. And, and, and Ken, Annie, you know, poverty, as you said, it doesn't mean you're homeless. You're, 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 you're on the edge. You know, you're getting by, but Barely. can one of you speak to something like that? What that does to, to to a family. Imagine having to make a choice between putting food on the table for your family or paying the rent. Yeah. 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 Do you keep the shelter over your head and you know a warm 
a warm shelter for your family or do you feed them? If, if you can only choose one, which one do you choose? Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty scary. And I, you know, I know I can tell you, you know, sitting on the homeless action committee in the city too, we've talked about um, how do we help <clears throat> or how do we identify, how do we have services um, for people that are on the verge there, there are actually, you know, there are people in Manhattan beach who struggle. And I know, you know, from outside looking in, people don't think that is true or they go, what? But it is, it is, it is very true. And um, it's just not in our face as much perhaps as other communities. So, you know, as a city, uh, I know they, and I don't want to speak on behalf of the city manager or city council, but these are discussions that we have all the time that, you know, how can we prevent also or help, you know, aid or, or slow the process or give people resources to not become homeless. To what those people who are, who have met a huge crisis, they've lost their job. Um, they have huge medical bills. Uh, Jackie, I have a situation just like that a couple of years ago. I had to have a, a really um, significant surgery and I had insurance, but I don't have like the gold standard insurance anymore. And I got a phone call the day before from like the admitting to, you know, take you through all the admission papers and everything. And they said, okay, and your bill, you know, your prepay or whatever, your copay is going to be, you know, X, Y, Z. And I broke into tears. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like it's significant, you know, and I didn't have a choice. I had to have the surgery. I, I mean, I, I, I just, I broke into tears. And my son happened, one of my sons happened to be sitting in front of me. He happened to stop by my office. when I got this phone call and he looked at me and I, you know, I mean, and so it's, um, it happens. It happens to a lot more people than we think about. And so, there, you know, there's. I'm, I'm looking at. Ken mentioned some poverty numbers. There's you know, even more. If you can look at county statistics um, that are changing all the time, you know, obviously. And this is what is documented. So, and with the census happening this year, I think numbers will change even more. But approximately 17% of people in LA County live in poverty. Um, if you, you know, they break it down by age, under five years old, over 21% of the people living in, are under five years old. That's scary. You know, uh, about the wow. same number, about 20% are five to 17 years old. You know, if you go inner, inner city, there are plenty of kids um, that are what they call food insecure. You know, they go to school with no food in their stomach, zero, because their family can't afford it. And there's, thankfully, there's a lot of programs, not always enough, that help, you know, feed kids when they do get to school. But um, when you just step outside of, you know, our little area, um, there's massive problems all around us. So uh, I, I think people really, if they're not involved in this, which is not a crime, you know, they don't know. And yeah. this this is one step in helping to educate people, um, continue a very important dialogue, give, like Annie said, some tools to, you know, families and discussion points. Um, I, I bet you this is just the beginning of what's going to be an interesting series of other people doing similar things. Ken, can you talk about, if you know, um, the poverty, poverty simulation program like do you do you know who like started because it's something that we have to kind of purchase right it's it's like a 
it's not a like a franchise, but it's something. It's a program that we have to purchase. Do you know any more about that and when it was started? Yeah, any any probably knows more about that than I do. I mean, there's an organization, a nonprofit organization in Missouri of all places, who who created this uh, a long time ago, decade ago probably, and uh, I became aware of it through another nonprofit organization that was that that hosted it uh, and just thought it was super powerful. We that other organization purchased this kit. It's, a, it's, you know, the kit consists of all these dossiers and uh, instructions and signs and so on to, uh, to put on the event. And, um, but that kit has kind of been passed around and borrowed, and we're basically borrowing it from another organization. So we, haven't, we don't have any out-of-pocket for it. Uh, and interestingly, I just learned the other day that one of the originators of this, of this simulation is now a professor at uh, LMU down the road. And they just recently, a couple of weeks ago, put on a poverty simulation that uh, I wish I'd known about then and would have gone to it. But uh, it's, uh, it's had a strange journey to reach the Manhattan Beach Rotary. <laughs> well, yeah, interesting. It would be nice to – we need to track down that professor and maybe, you know. Yeah, I, I uh, plan to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, very interesting. So, Andy, can, so oh, I go wonder – I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. This this is this is kind of a a a, a left turn. Uh, Ken, I've talked to several uh, people in the real estate industry in Manhattan Beach and other places in Southern California, and one of the things that they talk about are people that are, you know, alone in their homes that they've had for 40 years and they're barely able to pay the bills. They own a home. They're deathly afraid of the end of Prop 13. Uh, they don't have many assets of any kind except the home and a fixed income. And uh, that's a special kind of poverty. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, you know, I don't, I, I'm not sure I have a whole lot to add to that. I know there are these programs, these reverse mortgages and so on that are, that may be appropriate oh, for some right. of those people that have a lot of value in their homes. Um, right. but, uh, yeah, I mean, the, they're, they're the lucky ones that have, that own a home. I mean, there are that many more that uh, are renting and their rent keeps going right. up and up and up and, uh, uh, they have no alternatives. Right. Right. So Ken, uh, you said Kelly? you said Ken, Ken, you said that uh, um, you did you take part in one of these, or were you just aware of it, or or attended? No, I've taken part in. Uh, I've I've been in org. I've taken part in and and helped to organize uh, three or four of them uh, around the LA area. Um, we did it at the Salvation Army downtown. Uh, and one of them we actually did inside the Union Rescue Mission downtown. And the clients of the rescue mission, which are people experiencing homelessness, uh, played the roles of the various agencies that uh, – the way this poverty simulation works is that you know, the, the attendees play these roles that I described, but uh, they're supported by – 
uh, people who man the desk of the social service agency, the check cashing agency, the jailer, the policeman, the the landlord, the this and that. And so those are those are roles that are uh, in this and the one I attended were played by people experiencing homelessness. And then one of the powerful things we haven't mentioned yet about this poverty simulation is that that after these four 15-minute segments, there's a debrief moderated by, uh, I guess in this case, Kathleen Terry, our, one of our Rotary members, uh, where people talk about what that experience meant to them. And you find that you ask questions like, uh, did you do something that um, you thought you would never do, such as stealing uh, to pay your rent, uh, such as lying, such as, you know, getting, you know, taking something away from someone else, jumping in front of in a, in a line to get a job or something like that. And, and virtually everyone, well, I don't know about everyone, but so many people in this participation end up doing things that they would say normally they would never, ever do just because it's, you know, it's, it's that or feed their kids or pay their rent. Wow. This, mm. this sounds so, it's, it sounds so powerful. I, you know, you mentioned that the guy who came up with this concept is down at LMU. Annie, what about bringing something like this into schools? I, I mean, local schools. Yeah, on a so, regular basis, um, like an, an annual thing where, you know, you know, they rotate the kids. You know, this year the freshman class has to do this. It would be a real eye opener. I mean, that would be amazing, Jackie. And you know, that is one of our hopes of the simulation. Is you know. As Ken and Kelly have already reiterated, it's awareness, it's education, and really hope that people, as they go through this experience, to start to have a certain mind shift or a different perspective um, of um, of how it, what it's like, and to really, you know, evoke that sense of um, empathy and compassion that we all really talk about. Yeah. Yeah, is this something, uh, Annie? That that might, if not, if you can't get it into the schools just yet, is this something that could be an annual event for Rotary? I mean, that would be, um, in my perspective, amazing um, if it was an annual event. You know, because the simulation only allows um, up to a hundred participants, so there's a limited um, spots if you will, to to go through this experience. And so for an annual event, um, you know, definitely not out of the question. Yeah, you know, you start, you know, like, like anything, you start small, you do it one time, it's a success, and you build on that and do it enough times, and then maybe you get the right ear and somebody says, let's bring this into the schools, and you get a sponsor, and uh, it, it, gosh, it's it's so important. And And again, Kelly, Joe, and I, we've never heard of this. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, Rotary <laughs> I is it. happy, you know, with the with the type of work that um, Rotary does uh, locally and internationally. Um, many of our, our the beneficiaries of our services are um, families in these situations, um, and they're not far away from us. And um, to really um, get to that level of connection um, to 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 the people that we serve, I think can be quite powerful. Now, you Kelly know, mentioned earlier that um, when you were asking high school kids what, what what's the poverty level and 
they didn't know. What is what is what is the poverty level? What is, it, it, I know most of the times they put a dollar right. amount on it. What, what well, is that? Well, there is, and the county, you know, and federal guidelines of HUD and qualifying, you know, for um, certain uh, levels. Um, and first of all, I just want to share these numbers. So, in 2009, the median family income for Los Angeles County was 62,100. In 2019, the median family income was 73,100. Only a what, $11,000 or so difference in in 10 years. But uh, if you consider the, the the expenses and the cost of living and how greatly it's increased in those 10 years, uh, to have that median income, it, it, that's not a big difference. Um, to qualify, so the federal poverty level in 2019 is $12,490. Um, the extremely low income level determined by HUD is $21,000. They have different levels of qualification, um, going up to $58,000 for, I think, a, a family of one, going up to actually $100,000 for families larger, six, seven, eight um, people in the family. So it's, you know, it's, it's as low as 12,000, and then it goes up from there based on how many people are in the family, too. That's and, a, no, I mean, yeah. It's, cons- it's, considering, considering the wealth in California, that's amazing. Right. You know, that's the, you, the, like, the, the, median, the median income, you said, was 60, right. 62 or 68,000. Uh, just right. considering the wealth, it, it, that's it, it, well, mm-hmm. it just goes to show you the wealth is in very yeah. few hands. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think um, I can't remember, Annie or Ken, who touched on this, but, um, you know, Rotary does so many other programs, and maybe Ken's one of our past presidents. He was president last year, so maybe, Ken, you can elaborate a little bit on a few of the other programs, and Annie, too, because you're doing all these programs this year. But um, is, we do so many other programs where we touch people in different ways, you know, from um, working with older adults, and Meals on Wheels, delivering things to veterans, to many other different things. Um, and I know uh, meals, just Meals on Wheels, okay? Um, there are, you know, people, there are people in Manhattan Beach, there's plenty of people in Manhattan Beach who receive delivery via Meals on Wheels. And um, this could be a an older person, you know, living, maybe they own their home, maybe they've been there forever, you know, but they don't have the wherewithal to get out and get groceries or they don't have the income or they're sick, who knows, or they have a spouse that is sick and they can't leave the house. It's all, you know, there's all different levels. But I can tell you when, you know, when we each have to share duties in delivering Meals on Wheels at least uh, once or twice throughout the year. And when I, it was my turn last year, I delivered, I can't remember, like six or eight meals. And it, I was surprised um, a couple of the homes that I went to. And it's right underneath, you know, our our noses, right here in Manhattan Beach, and uh, certainly other parts of the South Bay, too. But um, we do other things. I mean, um, Annie or Ken, do you, um, I think, Annie, you know, that when we're going to um, build the beds for people, um, can you, do you want to elaborate? On that program, I know it came out of delivering Christmas presents to needy families. Give me, maybe help people understand a little bit more what Rotary does and, and how we help with different programs. Sure. So um, first I'll talk about a few of the organizations that we work with and how 
as uh, Rotarians, you know, we see this um, this poverty um, existing within our uh, nearby communities. You know, we work with um, an organization called Vision to Learn, and there are kids, you know, in Lenox or Englewood, uh, Hawthorne, where there just isn't enough um, discretionary funds to t- uh, to get the kids medically tested for their vision. And so you can imagine uh, what that does to uh, academic uh, to their academics, and so you know, there is an organization um, that we work with, uh, Vision to Learn, where we go in and we um, test their eyes um, to, to see if they do indeed need uh, glasses. Um, and then Rotarians will then go back and um, help fit uh, the kids with their glasses. Um, there's um, Operation Teddy Bear, um, where we go in and we speak to a classroom of kids and uh, about empathy and compassion. And um, this is really to uh, help them with uh, certain coping strategies. And um, ultimately, um, at the end, they get a backpack with um, some educational tools, but the one that they love the most is their teddy bear because uh, for a lot of them, um, they do not have any stuffed animals. And uh, for many of those kids, that will be their uh, first or only uh, stuffed animal. And um, there's also um, an organization, Shoes That Fit, right here in uh, Manhattan Beach where um, the kids at our elementary schools actually run uh, laps at the school, and for uh, every marathon that they run, um, Skechers will donate a pair of shoes to uh, a child that needs shoes. And um, a lot of those kids, again, are within communities in arm's reach. So those are some of the programs that, um, as Rotarians and as the Rotary Club of Manhattan Beach, um, we um, we support. Um, as Kelly mentioned, you know, there's a Build-A-Bed uh, initiative that's in the works, um, and this uh, came out of a an experience in a collaboration between the our our club here in Manhattan Beach and the Rotary Club of Hawthorne Lenox LAX, um, and we partner with them uh, every holiday in Easter to deliver meal boxes to families that otherwise would not have the income to provide the food um, and the ingredients uh, for a holiday meal. And what Rotarians saw was we were delivering uh, a lot of these meal boxes to families that were living in garages. Um, And you walk in and you see that there is absolutely no furniture in this garage um, and that uh, children are sleeping um, on the floor. And so there is um, now this idea of creating um, a program to where we will um, bring uh, needed furniture to these families. So, and that will be, mm-hmm. you know, this that is another program that will um, be starting this year. It's a new program for us. So, um, hopefully, um, that will again be an annual event for uh, our club as well. Well, God bless the Rotary. You know, I, you know, I. <laughs> You know, you know, we 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 all know that things over time, you know, go back a hundred or two hundred years, things were a lot worse. There were a lot more people in po- poverty, but it's still obviously uh, a, a a huge concern. And I honestly don't know 
where we would be as a society without churches and service groups uh, doing what you do. Uh, it's 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 amazing. It's uh, thank you, you know, thank you. It's 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 it, this is going to be a, this is going to be, and I think a very impactful program that you're going to be putting on. We'll mention it again. The Manhattan Beach Rotary will present a poverty simulation on Saturday, March 14th, starting at 8:30 a.m. At the Joslin Community Center, um, you said you only have room for a hundred attendees. Um, where are you now? Uh, you, you, have you got a lot more room, or are there just a few spaces left? Or where are you on that? We're at uh, twenty. Uh, sorry, yeah, we're at twenty um, attendees right now. So we have room for eighty more. You can come, you know, solo. You can come with one child, your family, bring a friend, a neighbor whomever, but there is, you know, we're, uh, what, three, four weeks out, and uh, we, you know, we have plenty of room still. Yes, and we all know everybody likes to wait until the last minute to, to make their plans. That's, it's, I don't know, that must be some, uh, <laughs> something that, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand that. I like to make plans well in advance, yeah, but, uh, and it's a, it's a, a small fee, $5 for kids, uh, $15 for adults, uh, proceeds will go to a a nonprofit that the Rotary works with, and again, that's on a Saturday, March 14th at 8:30 in the morning, at the Joslin Community Center. Um, yeah, uh, can somebody give us the? Uh, uh, where can people find out about this? I know it's on it's on my website, but uh, the Eventbrite page. What you know, is it just Poverty Simulation Manhattan Beach or Poverty Simulation Rotary on Eventbrite? How can people find out about it? Yes. If you go to Eventbrite, you type in poverty simulation, it will come up. You'll see it. Um, you can also type in the date, March 14th, if you're on Eventbrite, and you can see the events in your area. Um, it's on the Rotary website. It's on the Chamber website. It's on yours. Thank you, Jackie, so much for sharing it. I think that you're, you're going to see it on all the community calendars and the papers coming up. So um, it's it's out there. Um, it's easy to find. All you got to do is, you know, just take that step towards signing up and being a part of it. Call Kelly at the chamber. Mm-hmm. Call Kelly at the chamber and tell her you want to sign up for it now. All right. Uh, no, this this is fascinating. This is this is. I've never heard of anything like this before. It's going to be a real eye eye opener for attendees, and um, I, I I believe it's going to be a huge success. And hopefully, you can take it and run with it. Uh, you know, get it into our schools and such. Uh, because it, uh, you know, we, it's something that. If you haven't experienced anything like it, you have no idea. Um, so, Joe, we right. gotta we gotta wrap this up. This uh, is uh, an amazing, uh, eye-opening experience. I'm sure for many. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I certainly uh, feel I have to go. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Ken and Annie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, should be a wonderful experience. And uh, um, we hope everyone uh, that's listening to this, share this with your friends and neighbors. Uh, if we can grow this program, we can really help people learn what it's like and uh, increase the sensitivity to this 
issue and uh, all of the other things in our society, whether that be voting or other things that can help. So with that, uh, thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Jackie. Uh, Happy Valentine's Day. Always a pleasure, Joe. Everybody have a great weekend. It is. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy President's Day. (laughs) Bye.